Hello, mama. I hope you are just having the most glorious day. We have the sun shining over here with us and oh, it just makes my heart happy. I know I've talked about it like the start of every episode. That's because the fog was here for so long that every time the sun is shining, I just want to dance and it is the best. So I, <laughs> I hope you're enjoying your weather. I am excited to continue our conversation about the power of words, uh, talking through some phrases that we use around our house that you can borrow for yours, or maybe you, it can inspire some other ones for you. And I'm just excited to share it with you, just some practicals to hold on to even different ways of seeing things that I hope will bless you things that I have learned from mentors and books and whatnot so I hope it will continue to bless you but hey we have a giveaway going on we just had our 200th episode I can't even believe it and we're doing just a wonderful giveaway I want to bless one of you and so for the the person that gets selected I have this beautiful amazing package of uh, quiet time materials from the Daily Grace Co. If you have uh, never bought something from them, what they have is so beautiful. Like the materials they use for their devotionals, the uh, the design of them, the pictures, the images. It's just so beautiful. You're going to want to put these on your coffee table and not move them. Uh, there's just so many things that come with this. There's devotionals, there's prayer journals, there's things for your kids to grow and learn. It's You're going to be excited. So you want to enter this. Don't, don't miss it. Uh, the way that you enter it is three things. One, go, and these are simple. Just take a couple minutes and you can enter. Go into Apple Podcasts, leave a written and a starred review. Take a screenshot. Then go and share uh, an episode from the podcast, the whole podcast, whatever you want, with a friend or on social media. Take a screenshot of that. And then go put those two things into our Facebook group and you will be registered to enter. If you really are morally opposed to Facebook, <laughs> which I mean, obviously I talk about how much I don't like social social media, so I get it. You can also email those screenshots to me and you can still be entered to win as well. But if you are not in the Facebook group yet and um, want to be, I highly recommend it. It's an amazing community of women just fighting for the same things, trying to heal and grow and be near to God and love our kids well. And so you got to have people you're surrounded by that are that are on the same path and doing the same thing. So make sure you're over there. You can find it by going into Facebook and searching for Morning Mama Collective or by using the link in the show notes. But we would love to see you over there. And I hope you will enter to win. I'm so excited. It's been a minute since we've done a giveaway and I just am excited to bless one of you. I really wish I could enter myself, but that doesn't really work. <laughs> I just want these things. They're so beautiful. Okay. Well, anyways, without further ado, let's hop into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama, I hope that you have been enjoying our conversation about the power of words and just talking through some phrases that you can use in your home. And 
again, I didn't come up with all of these on my own. A lot of these I learned from other mentors or books or were inspired by those mentors or books or pastors or sermons or whatever it is. Um, but I'm excited to share them with you. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to the other two episodes on this so you can get even just some more um, phrases to cling to and just even some a reminder about how powerful our words are. But the first one I want to share with you today, I've shared it on the podcast before, but it's been a minute. And I think this is just such a powerful one. This is something I learned from one of my mentors. And it is this idea that when you mess up or your kids mess up, instead of saying, oh, you know, when someone apologizes, instead of saying, oh, it's okay. You say, I forgive you. So instead of saying after someone apologizes, you say, oh, it's okay. You know, I think most of us often say that and more intentionally, what we need to say instead is I forgive you. And the reason that we do this is because the behavior that happened was not okay, right? It was a moment of sin, whether your, your kid did that sin, you did that sin, doesn't matter who, right? It wasn't okay. And so when we say it's okay, that's actually not true. And ultimately what we are doing is what we need to do in that moment is to forgive, to release that. And I think what people are intending to say when it's okay is saying like, I'm okay. I'm not holding offense. I'm not taking that in. I'm not allowing that to build up against you. Um, but I, I think we, you know, like we've talked about, words are powerful. And so we need to be very intentional about the kind of words we use. And so when we instead say, I forgive you, it's this reminder to both parties, one, that the behavior wasn't okay, but two, that it's a choice to say, no matter what that behavior was, I am choosing to release it. I'm choosing to say that I forgive you just as I was forgiven. I'm going to forgive you. And I just think there's so much beauty and power in this. And um, even just that practice, like I think every time we say this, we're reminding ourselves that we need to forgive because it can be so easy, like with, with minor offenses to say, oh yeah, it's okay, right? Um, but And even with minor offenses to say, I forgive you. But that reminder of forgiveness is gonna help us with the bigger offenses where we actually have to take some intentional steps of forgiveness and maybe even a daily practice of forgiveness and a process of forgiveness because it's not simple. But that reminder that we're speaking out loud to ourselves and we're teaching our kids to say to others is to reminder to that we have to forgive. That's part of being a Christ follower is that's like part of the deal, right? Like God has forgiven us. And so we need to forgive others. And I don't think we can remind ourselves of that enough because it is not easy and it is very essential because we're constantly surrounded by people sinning against us because we're all broken and trying to figure this out. So I hope that will bless you. And so the way that I, I use this is anytime one of my kids says, you know, they say they're sorry to me, I'll say, okay, I forgive you. Or if one is apologizing to the other, then, you know, maybe they'll say, oh, it's okay. And I'll say, oh, no, no, don't forget. Like, say, I forgive you. And now my kids correct each other. Like when one of them will apologize and the other one will kind of inadvertently say, oh, it's okay. Then the other one will be like, no, no, you say you forgive me. Even my two-year-old will repeat this and remind each other of this. So when you just are consistent with this and you don't have to like get angry, obviously anger is never helpful, but you don't have to be like firm about it and you know, reprimand. This is just like this little simple reminder and eventually they'll catch on that this is what we say instead of it's okay. Okay. 
I hope that helps you. I love that one. Okay, another one. I think I shared this with you recently, but just a reminder, one of my favorite things to say to my kids or to have them say to themselves rather is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when one of my kids is struggling with something and they say like, I can't do this. I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, what's the truth? And, you know, again, even my two-year-old will say, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you can't even barely understand her, but she says it and you know, she's saying it and she'll even help her brother say it and her brother will help her say it. And they, they just help each other. Remember the truth that they can do all things through Christ. And this is just such a beautiful thing because, you know, I remember growing up and different coaches, like if you would say the word, uh, I can't, or the phrase, I can't, they would make you do push-ups. And so I love that idea because like we never want to have those limiting limiting beliefs of thinking that we can't do something that we're just incapable because ultimately right this verse is counter to that it says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me all things it has to be through christ and sometimes all things means asking for help and receiving help but ultimately god says you can do all things through him and so this language of i can't is contrary to his word. And so we want to teach our kids to not allow that limiting belief to set in and to believe that whatever's before them, they can do it with, with the strength of God. And I will often say like, Hey, that doesn't mean that you can't ask for help. Like mommy can still help you, but that's part of doing it is we're, we're meant to help each other in that. And so anytime I hear the, the phrase, I can't, I say, wait a minute, what's the truth? And they will, they will spout that out. So this is, this is a really easy way to help your kids memorize scripture because this is a verse and then they're going to help internalize that verse and be able to, every time they say, I can't, or even hear someone else, that's going to come to mind for them. And they're going to have a lot more ability to move forward through hard things because there's always going to be hard things in front of us. And now instead of just feeling defeated by it or like when they feel challenged, they're not going to think, well, I just can't do this. I should give up. They're going to think, no. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, actually, my son is in here with me right now, so I will have him share it with you. Okay, what do you say, bud, when when you say, I can't, or you feel like you can't do something? What do you say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Good job, bud. And what does that mean? I can do all things. Yeah. How do you do all things? With God. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So <laughs> I got a little nervous, but he will say that all the time. He'll, he'll remind himself and others that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. So be encouraged by that. Okay. The next one I have for you is, um, okay. Pay attention to your body. Now, this is kind of a caveat or a nuance of the kind of popular phrase in our culture right now, which is listen to your body. And I have a whole episode on this, but essentially I'm just not comfortable with that phrase because I think our bodies can, um, in different situations, lead us to the wrong thing. In fact, you know, a lot of times the feeling in our body is connected to our feelings, right? And we never want to be led by our feelings. And so I think it's really dangerous to say, listen to your body. However, especially in teaching young kids, we want them to learn how to 
pay attention to what's happening in their body and in many levels, right? Especially potty training, right? And there's something about children that just often they don't want to go to the bathroom when they have to, which I don't get because it's like painful to hold it. So I don't know. I don't get it. But it's like trying to teach them, hey, you do need to to register what what signals your body is sending to your brain and you need to filter through them. So you have to pay attention to those signals. Now you don't need to listen to them, right? Because when we use the word listen, we're saying you need to follow, right? When we say listen to me, it, it's, it means do what I'm saying. And so we don't want to tell them to do what your body's saying. We want them to just pay attention, to allow it to register so that they can you know, take in those signals and use the restroom when they need to. No, we all want that. It's a good day when all the poop goes in the potty. Um, and another, another way that we use this as well, pay attention to your body is, you know, like with, with eating, you know, we'll talk about like, Hey, how much food is good. And I'll say just, you know, is your belly full? Like if they're want to be done with the table, because sometimes they just want to leave the table and they're, they've eaten two bites and they just want to go play. And it's like, okay, is your belly full? This is the last chance to eat today. So just trying to help them pay attention to their body. Or, you know, there's been times where, you know, my, my son will say like, Oh, I ate too much mom. And I'll say, Oh, okay. That's a great observation. Like next time, just, you need to pay a little bit more attention to your body and stop a little sooner, but great job paying attention to that. And so we're just, we're just helping them register like what's going on in their stomach. So they're not overeating. Um, but they're, they're learning what that feels like. They're learning to stop when they're full. They're learning to make sure they eat enough so that they, they aren't grumpy. Right. And, and just paying attention to those signals that are going on inside of them. And so this is something important to teach them, but I believe that we need to say, pay attention instead of listen to Okay. All right. Another one I have for you is that just real quickly and having to do with food again. And this is a a one I got as an idea from my son's school, just kind of the phrasing of it. And it's this idea that there's the way they say is there's sometimes food and all the time food. And so the sometimes food is like ice cream and chips and all that kind of junk, right? That you know, some people don't allow their kids to have it all, but I, I personally like the idea of sometimes, right? It's not all the time. And I, you know, will specifically say to my kids, like, it's okay to have this food sometimes, but if we eat too much of it, it won't be good for our bodies and it won't make us feel good. And so I try and help them understand why that we're we're limiting this, um, so that they can know more because if we're just telling them don't eat it, or you can't have it, then they're not understanding the why. And so when they have their own chance to eat it, like we all know people grow up and they get to make their own food choices at times when they, you know, at, at a certain point of their life. And so we want to just help them understand, like, why is it that we're trying to be self-controlled in this area? Why does it matter? How does it impact us? And so just kind of explaining that and, and talking about it in terms of like, it's not going to make us feel good. It's not going to be good for our body if, if this is what we do. Okay. Another one that I really love and it just seems to work well for our family is this usually comes up when my four-year-old and two-year-old are arguing about something and they're just not being kind to each other or they're not compromising or whatever it is. And you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go back to that first one I shared with you. How can you be a team right now? But especially if they're kind of just being mean to each other, what I say to them is how can you guys love each other right now? What would that look like? And they actually think through this and now they actually, now they're not perfect. They're, you know, they're learning just like all of us, but 
they often find opportunities to love each other now. And so one of the arguments they used to have is who is going to open the van door? There's a little button on the door. If you own a van, you know what I'm talking about. And when you push the button on the door, the door opens. And it's very exciting for four-year-olds and two-year-olds. Who knows how, um, <laughs> what other ages. But they both wanted to do it. And so in the past, they would both run as fast as they could as we were heading out the door to see who would get there first to open the van door. And they would usually fight about it. There was usually tears. There was yelling. It was never pretty. And so we kept asking this question, okay, how can you guys love each other right now? What would that look like? How can you love each other? And the more that we've said it, the more that they've tried to go out of their way to do this. And so now with the van door, every morning they have their little thing. And what happens is my daughter will tell my son, Hey, Bubba, cause we call him Bubba, Bubba, you can open, you can push the button. And, and then he'll say, Oh, thank you. You can go in first. And so then they love each other. And again, this is not perfect. But it, it does help them think through that lens of how can I be loving? Because ultimately that's what we want to teach them is how can they walk through this life being loving to each other, to other people. But, you know, I know sometimes sibling relationships can be some of the hardest because they're with each other a lot and, you know, they're both vying for the same parental attention. And so there can be a lot of uh, competition that gets bred in that relationship inadvertently. And so the more that you can help them think instead of, instead of competition or comparison in terms of seeking to love each other, seeking to serve each other and talking in that kind of language. And even, you know, anytime they start comparing, whether it's comparing themselves to each other, to you, to kids, it's stopping that and saying, Hey, we don't need to compare. Like we can both be great at this. You guys can both be good at this. You guys are good in different ways and and just helping fight off that comparison and making sure you're not fueling that at all, because the more competition and comparison in that relationship, the less they're going to be able to be close to each other and to to stay connected to each other, because then they're going to see themselves as adversaries, as, as people that are fighting for the same thing with limited resources. And we don't want them to see that. We want them to see them uh, themselves as having unlimited resources and that the more that they love each other and serve each other, the more that they actually receive. And that's the way of Jesus, right? Uh, the way of the world would say to, to seek what we want and fight for what we need. But ultimately the kingdom is backwards and, uh, the last will be first and the first will be last. And so the more that we love each other, the more that it actually blesses us and uh, makes our life better. And so just trying to teach our kids how to see things through that lens is going to be really beneficial. And you're going to see the fruit of that in their relationship. Okay. And you know, I even use this for myself sometimes I'm like, okay, how can I be loving to you guys right now? We're, we're not, we're not being loving towards each other right now. How can we all do this better? All right. The next one is what could you have done differently? Now this is usually used at the end of a moment of discipline. And we're, we're talking through like what happened and doing the teaching and coaching and trying to, to work through it all. And it's just an essential part of it because you need to make sure that they understand what first of all, they did wrong, which is part of the first question. Um, but, but also what is the alternative? How could this play out differently? Because ultimately under a moment of sin, under a moment of them yelling, talking back, grabbing something from a sibling, whatever, there's under that a moment of pain. And so there's a need that they have, right? Maybe they are wanting something and they, they don't know how to get it. Maybe, maybe the sibling took it from them and they 
smacked them trying to get it back, right? Or grabbed it back out of their hands. Like there, there's so many different scenarios obviously that could play out, but trying to help them understand what exactly would it look like to do this differently? And this is just going to help create options in their mind for when those moments arise. And, and it will stick in their mind, especially if you repeat this every time, you're going to help them create a new narrative and new pathways in their brain about possibilities of what this could look like. And so instead of grabbing it back from your sister and hitting her, what could you do? And you know, you could ask for help, right? You could just let her have it because, you know, you realize that, you know what, I, I didn't really need to play with that anyways. And I wanted to love you right now. You could ask kindly and, and see if she responds and maybe she'll give it back, right? There, there's so many different options here. You could uh, try and problem solve and say like, hey, Ilya, I was playing with that right now, but you know, after I'm done with it, I would be happy to give it to you, right? Just trying to help them think of solutions, trying to help them be good at problem solving because ultimately there are situations that need solutions. And so just to say it's not okay to act that way isn't enough. We need to help them build some skills in order to help them learn and know what to do next time and not repeat the same mistakes again and again. So that's a phrase we use all the time. Uh, whatever that looked like, how could you have done that differently? Okay. Another one we use is you are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are an amazing child of God. You were made so good. You are strong and courageous. That's kind of like a big compilation. I don't always say that whole thing at once. And we kind of talked a lot about this in the first episode when we just talked about the power of words and speaking life into our kids. But essentially, you know, just as a reminder, you just want to speak identity into your kids. There's so many moments that we're trying to correct them and, you know, it can turn easily into criticism or it can feel like too much correction for them. And so we need to take every opportunity we can to remind them that they are wonderfully made by God, that God chose them. Like he planned every bit of them out and they are just an amazing creation of his and they were made so good. And especially after a moment of sin, I really like to remind my kids of this because it can be so easy. And we talked about this, but easy to allow that sin to become part of their identity and they start to see themselves as bad because they had a bad action. And we really want to speak the truth into them so that they don't struggle with shame. And so again, we know the struggle of shame. So many of us deal with that struggle and we really want to help shame proof our kids by just speaking this life into them and reminding them of the, I have my other son here now, reminding them of the truth. Okay. And another, another phrase that went along with that is you are strong and courageous. So just reminding them in moments where they have some fear, they're getting worried, they don't know what to do, um, to remind them like, hey, you're strong and courageous. You got this. You can do this. And just encouraging them using God's word and just speaking that truth and life into them. Okay. Last one I have for you is that it's, it's okay to be sad, but we don't whine. Let's talk about what you're feeling. So we have a rule in our home that we do not whine. And this is just not something that's okay in our home. And so it's something sometimes we have to remind them of often <laughs> as my baby whines. <laughs> Obviously it's different as a baby, but still ironic, <laughs> but we, we're just constantly teaching them. It's not okay to whine. 
That's not how we communicate. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to express needs. Like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you're feeling. Let's talk about what you're needing right now. But to do it in wine is is not going to be okay. And so we, we hold that boundary and we don't allow that to happen, but we help them again to find those solutions to say like, okay, let's, let's dig under this. How else could you communicate this? What is it that you're really needing? And let's talk about it without whining. And this is a hard one sometimes because I know I can get so easily triggered by whining. And sometimes I just want to react to it, especially if I've just reminded them, but it just takes a lot of reinforcement and a lot of firm boundaries to say, okay, it's, it's not okay. Or you can even say like, and I know, I think I stole this from my parents, but I can't understand you when you talk like that. What are you saying? You got to use a different voice. Um, to just help them know that it's not, I mean, you do need to be clear as well, but sometimes trying a different strategy and just, um, helping them to see like that you just can't understand them when they talk like that. I think that's also okay. In addition to being clear that it's not okay to whine. And again, it doesn't mean that like, it's not okay for them to feel sad, right? we're making sure they have space to feel what they're feeling and we can talk about that, but it's just the way that they're communicating that or communicating that need or want, right? That that's what is unacceptable and just making sure we're separating that. Okay. So that's kind of just the phrases that I came up with that stood out to me. Uh, side note, I think it's just on my mind because I just finished interviewing them and I can't wait to share it with you on the podcast. But the resource that I've been pointing you to crazy cool family, uh, is just an amazing parenting resource. And I know they have a lot of other, uh, ones of these just kind of phrases you can hold on to and use so that you know what to do. Because ultimately when we know what to do in situations, it's going to help us feel a lot more in control. And, and that feeling of not knowing what to do, it can so easily, easily fuel anger because we feel out of control. We feel inadequate. We we just don't know what to do. And so that just cycles into our pain and we end up yelling or reacting. And that is not going to help anyone. And so having these like just phrases you hold on to, one is going to help you stay regulated because you know what to do. You're like, Oh, in this situation, this is what I do. It's like a simple handle. It's like, I just imagine rock climbing, right? When you, when you have those handholds that are just like so easy and you just grip them easily, it's like so much easier to get up on the wall, right? Cause it's a really easy grip. So it's just like one of those easy grips. You can get, you can get through it cause it's an easy grip. Hold on to it. You can remember it. And then of course, it's also going to train your kids. Like repetition is what helps us remember things. All of us need repetition to learn something. And so uh, having these phrases just being repeated in your home, it's going to be so helpful to help your kids know what to do, what it looks like in different situations. That's going to become their internal dialogue. And so they know like, no, I don't whine. Like when I'm tired, I don't whine. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. And so someday when they're playing the sport and they're tired, they're not going to be the kid that's whining. They're going to be the kid that's saying, no, I don't whine. I can, I just got to remind myself of the truth that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. And also, or they're doing something hard at work, right? They're, they're going to be representing who they are through Christ when, when they take on these characteristics as part of their character. Now I've also seen over time that sometimes I can wear out phrases or they work in certain seasons and not in others. One of those phrases that has worked really well in the past um, and not as much in current 
current place we're in with my four-year-old specifically is what's going on in your heart. And in the past, that would really, he would usually respond really well to that and really try and share with me what he was feeling and in a moment of discipline and talk to me about what was going on. And that really worked to kind of get underneath what was, what was happening, get underneath the behavior. Now, currently when I ask that, he usually kind of stays in rebellion and he says, I don't want to tell you. And that just doesn't go well. And so usually what I will do is just not, um, allow that to kind of be in a power play with that. And so how I'll respond to it is first of all, just switching up what I say. So sometimes I'll say, what's, what's going on in your heart? Sometimes I'll say, Hey bud, like what's going on? Why are you acting like this? Hey, this isn't who you are. Right. And so just kind of finding a different one that, you know, it, that one for some reason started triggering him. And so he, I switch it up. Um, but then another way is just, if he says, I don't want to tell you, then I'll say, okay, it sounds like you need some more time to think about what's going on. I'm going to head out and you like stay in here for a bit. Like usually he'll be in his room waiting for me. And I'll say, you stay in here and tell me when you're ready to talk about it. Um, and now this isn't like a timeout, right? A timeout is saying you have to sit here for five minutes when the timer goes off, you're done. This is saying, okay, I want to talk about this with you. This is important. We need to talk about this. And, but giving him that choice of when to talk about it. And almost every time that I say, okay, but I'll come back when you're ready. He'll say, no, 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 I want to talk about it. Okay. So I don't know what I'm feeling. Uh, I just can't figure it out. And I'll be like, okay, well, let's figure it out. Hey, you know, this happened. I wonder if you were feeling alone or, you know, and then just try and talk him through it and explore really what was going on behind it. And so it's like, just kind of taking that step back, like not trying to do a power move, but actually just um, giving him that space to decide when he's ready to talk about it. And it's not like manipulative. It's genuinely like, we need to talk about this. If you're not ready, there's no way to force you. This is your choice. I can't break open your heart for you and tell you what's like, decide what's going on. You have to be willing to go there with me. Okay. I hope that encourages you. I know <laughs> this isn't easy and it's, it's a lot to take all of this on. So my, my encouragement to you is just to like, take the one that stands out to you and just start practicing it. You know, if there's some others that have sunk in, you can, you know, try them as they pop into your head, but just try and take one that really like resonates with a struggle that you have or a, a value that you have and just try and own that and see how it works in your family and just start saying it and make sure you're saying it in a calm way, a connected way that you're not. Uh, saying it out of anger and uh, just see how that will support your parenting and your kids learning. I hope this blessed you. Let me just pray for you. God, I just thank you that we have the power of words. I thank you that we get to speak into our kids, God, and speak life into them. God, I just pray for wisdom for all of us as we parent and navigate very challenging situations that we don't always know what to do. God, I pray you would give us the words. God, I pray you would remind us of these phrases or other verses or other phrases so that we can have those handholds, God, just to go higher, go closer to you, to help our kids go higher. God, we just want more of you and we want to point our kids to you, God. So just thank you for equipping us with everything that we need to do that. God, we love you. We praise you. We just rely on you for all of our strength in these trying situations. Jesus name we pray. Amen. Love you, mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. 
This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.